Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Luck. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Thanks a lot for hanging with us. This is Dr. Homebrew. And uh, we're just in here partying, man. It's just a party. And they're hanging with us. That's all it is. That's all we do. We're partying. Through great, great technical difficulties, we're, uh, we're bringing you the best in what beer has to offer. You know what I'm trying to say? You guys feel me or what? I'm, yes. Not if I can avoid it. <laughs> That's true. The bathrooms are a little bit tight. A little bit tight in the restrooms, but, you know, hey, every once in a while you might have to squeeze by somebody washing their hands. Uh, you know, all's fair in the bathroom, you know what I mean? Just let it all hang out? If, there, if you get a, a, a hand waving underneath the partition or whatever, then that's a bad sign. You want to get out of there. I, I would just like to make note at this point that I'm not actually in this room. I'm calling in. <laughs> yeah. Well, you sound great I, from I, Zimbabwe or wherever you yes, are. Yes, yes. That's too bad. That's too bad. Brian and, are, are, uh, Brian and I are in here hanging wow. out, partying, and got a bunch of uh, bunch of beers Good and beer uh, the bar you there. know, yeah, uh, yep, I know. You're, you're missing out. I, I can see you on the webcam. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he's not over there. I'm not sitting right here where the camera no. says I am. That is not. It's not pointing this way. So that's that, true. Well, we're only not. on this camera right now. Oh, okay. They got yeah. you. They got you. We're only on the on the main camera right now, boys. So I can flip this camera off. Yes, you can. You can flip that camera off all you want. The main camera will see it. You can do whatever you want, Brian. You are uh, you are a, a host on Doctor Homebrew. A host beyond compare. That's true. This is all true, man. Whatever you guys are saying is true. Uh, welcome everybody once again. Thanks a lot for for hanging with us. Uh, before we get started uh, breaking down some homebrews, I wanted to thank our fine sponsor, Five Star. You can go to fivestarchemicals.com and check out all the things that they have to offer. The, uh, the home brewer as far as uh, cleaning and sanitizing equipment and supplies, uh, chemicals mainly. We have uh, the PBW and Star San, Iota, uh, Iota Star, Iostar. That's Iostar. what it is. I always mess that we up, We like man. our chemicals, though. We really do. Iostar. And if you're still using just straight iota four, and you just you know that's what you use forever and ever, uh, make the switch, man, because you can't uh, you know you can't get better than five star chemicals. And what uh, the other thing you can't do is um, clean and sanitize your brewing, brewing equipment at the same time. You have to do one and then the other. It's a process. These people have been doing it for years and years, man, and they've taught professional brewers and us home brewers how to properly clean and sanitize uh, our equipment and uh, let them do the same for you. Five star chemicals. Dot com. Dot com. 
dot yep. com. The internet, baby. Remember that bubble? <laughs> People say it's happening again. I, I've heard that. Um, but I don't know what to believe now. You shouldn't. <clears throat> no, I don't. It's belief. You Bubbles should know in. what to believe. You should just believe. <laughs> That's right? true. That's what it's all about. God, you're smart. No. You're I smart, just, man. I just know what not to believe sometimes. So I haven't seen you guys in like a month. The last time I was here, I wasn't married. Yeah. What's that about? Yeah. Now you've Stupid. got this big fat diamond encrusted platinum <laughs> yeah. band on your... It's too heavy. Yeah. I, I can't even wear it. I out of you now. Yeah. yeah. That's I can't even wear it, man. How did they do that? <sighs> they they held me down. <gasps> I'm sure they had to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they held me down. It's you. Uh, so today we're going to be uh, talking with a couple home brewers and we're going to be trying their beers. And uh, one of the beers that we have is a Belgian pale ale. I'm excited to drink because I myself am a connoisseur of the Belgian pales. Are you really? I am. You am. I have my own Belgian pale ale recipe mm. that, uh, you know, pretty, is this, is this yours pretty under darn a, good. A pseudonym? No, it is not. Wink, wink. Wink, wink, nudge, nut. No, it's not really. <laughs> um, and then we're going to have a, what is this thing? It's a sour beer. It's a black sour blended barrel aged Roselaire blend Belgian specialty sour beer. 80% black ale fermented with Roselaire and 20% barrel aged light American sour with a gum rubber band. The gum rubber band is key. That does it, right? Yeah. That was on the outside of the bottle. The rubber band was in the barrel. That's maybe yeah that's exactly what it is Doesn't i'm getting smell. the gum i'm getting that heavily in it, it, that, it gives that chewy character yeah, yeah. um I, i'd give i i gave it a, a, a 42 rubbery autolyzed chewy oxidized character yeah i would have given it a 48 but uh, i needed the gum rubber band to show through but a little bit more the answer it's a beer and, and rubber band <laughs> pairing you have to chew the rubber band after you drink the beer uh, spread it on a cracker yeah why would you do that i uh, Never mind. Never, mind. Never mind. We'll just move Never on. Mind. Let's yeah. move on. Let's move yeah. on. Let's just move on. Uh, see, we're going to talk to Richard up front here on the first part of the show, and he's the one who has the Belgian pale ale. Richie, with us? Yeah, I'm right here, man. How's it going, buddy? Uh, no, I'm doing pretty good. How you doing? <laughs> I stumped you already. <laughs> it was a really hard question. It, I, well, you know, I could tell, man. I could tell uh, just in the fear in your voice. <laughs> Well, I like it. He was going to give me an honest answer, I felt. Yeah. And then he realized that no one cares, and it's just, you know, I just... Not the better. Yeah, nice. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> fine. <the> lying. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that would have been great if you started telling me everything that went wrong in, in, in your day today. Or, well, you know, my gallbladder, I just, I can't, and I broke my shoelace, and... Is this not Dr. Phil? <laughs> this is uh, very similar. Neither of us are actually doctors. Dr. Low Phil. So... That's uh, <laughs> shit. I have the wrong doctor program. You do, uh. Uh, but it's the right one for you, and that's what matters. Um, so you sent in this lovely Belgian pale ale, right? Yes. And uh, how long have you been homebrewing? I've been homebrewing for close to about two years now. Okay. Um, are you extract or all grain? I'm all grain. I uh, started extract about well two years ago, and then about a year ago, I jumped into all grain. I ordered a. A kettle from Northern Brewer. They fucked up my order, and uh, uh, they I, I ordered like a seven gallon kettle, and they sent me a ten and a half gal- gallon kettle instead. I'm like, mm. not correcting that mistake. Yeah, Why keeping not? it. Yeah, for sure. So then I, my buddy and I just built the mash tun, and uh, we trade custody, of it and uh, I've been brewing hardcore ever since. So you're not the gypsy brewer, but the system is the gypsy system. Yeah, pretty much. That goes back and forth. That's cool. That's a good way to do it. And you guys chip in for everything? Uh, we do some like uh, collaborations, but yeah. we do a lot of stuff just like on our own, too. But like as far as uh, upgrading equipment or anything, do you guys you guys share that as well? 
Um, not exactly. He okay. actually just got a, a a much nicer kettle with a a spigot on the bottom. Uh, I just want this. Uh, I'm still just lifting it and doing it the hard way. Oh, that sucks, dude! Don't do that. Get yourself like a hole punch or take it down to like a metal fab shop and get a coupler welded in. Yeah, you, but I'm afraid of, of of ruining it or something. I don't know. Nah. I'm not handy. <laughs> well, don't do it yourself. If you're afraid, right. to, yeah, but like you know, find a welding shop and just have them put like an inch above the bottom. Just, okay. just weld a, a, a half-inch coupler, an inch coupler, or whatever what you figured out, the size that you need. But, uh, yeah, don't lift that shit, man. That's terrible. Especially when it's hot. Especially when it's hot, and then when it's cold, then it's like, oh, you know, you, you don't want oxidation. It's a whole thing, man. Yeah, but it's cheaper than the gym. It it's cheaper muscles, than yeah. gym. Well, yeah. And risky. <laughs> and less fun. That's true. Yeah. Um, okay, so then let's uh, let's jump right into the beer then, man. Uh, Brian, why don't you start us off with uh, Rich's Belgian Pale Ale. Yeah, the Belgian pill. Um, right off the bat, <laughs> was that, I, got was that big, English? I got a big, uh, bright, perfumey ester up front and uh, lightly orange-like uh, ester. There's a little uh, spicy little spicy white pepper in there, kind of uh, a zesty quality in the, in the aroma. It's got some, like, orange zest kind of aroma to it. Mm-hmm. Um, lightly toasty in the malt, kind of low but supporting beneath the other stuff there. Uh, I didn't get any diacetyl or, or uh, DMS. Kind of has a low uh, spicy hop in there. It seems like um, appearance-wise, it's a uh, light amber-colored beer. Pours a, a somewhat rocky, you know, moderate-sized head, but it, it persists just briefly. It, it kind of fades down. That's actually okay for this style. It, it kind of tends to do that. Um, something breaking up those those proteins. Something in the uh, the chemistry of this beer. Just tends to do that. So, um, some of the bubbles are larger to start with, but it it kind of ends up with a, a fine ring of, of uh, bubbles around the edges of the glass there after it fades. I did find that the beer was moderately hazy, and we might, we may or may not be able to blame JP for that, <laughs> which means we will. Yeah, I think yeah. we have we have to ask. It, our, it was, it was freshly carried to the studio. Today. Yeah, in my two mile drive, it must have. Uh, Shooken up a bit. All right, well, not sip- to mention that I shipped it from the East Coast and it's bottle conditioned. Yeah, yeah. that's true. See, <laughs> so Rich is already already covering for we me. Can blame yeah. Rich. I like no, this kid. It's been sitting in JP's fridge. Thank you for, for being honest yeah. with us, a month, Rich. But yeah. your, your beer just went up one point. I like um, to think I'm in a safe environment. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So uh, yeah, appearance wise, it it looks kind of like the color wise, you know, kind of on the light, lighter side for I think for the. Or no, uh, sorry, the dark, light, kind of the darker st- si- uh, color for the style. I can't talk tonight. Um, <laughs> you know, kind of amber. Anyway. So it needs to be. It needs to be lighter. Because yeah, I mean, no, actually, no. I'm sorry. I meant. I meant it's on the light side of the style. It's I on the light like, side yeah. for Belgian pale. It's like it's like only light amber, if that. It's kind of. Oh, it's okay. like kind of golden, orangey colored. There is kind of like, of like this orange orangey. color thing, in it. and they can be deeper reddish, you know, than that, right? Yeah, they so, could be. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, you're the connoisseur. You tell us. Well, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I've only had like two, which is a West <laughs> Vleteran, and then the one that I make. Well, and then like Peter's and, Peter Minos is West Vleteran does make one of these. The the the, the six the Westy six isn't it's that not it a Belgian pale ale? It's not. No. What is it? No. It's specifically no. It's specifically not. New guidelines puts that as an Enkel, a yeah. single Belgian single, That's like stupid. triple double single, oh, and they wow. tend to be hoppy, very pale. Hot mineral forward. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's that's what the Westy Six is. Oh, okay. This oh, but, is um, this is a, a a double palm or the um, <clears throat> deconic sort conic, of thing. Yeah. 
Oh, okay. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. This is not what, what your friend Peter makes. Color-wise, okay. this is about like an 8 SRM, and it goes from 8 to 14 for the style. So you're, you're in there. It's just on the lighter lighter side there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does have a cool, like, that orange that orange hue. Yeah. Is that because uh, maybe there's a little bit uh, of yeast in suspension, or is that just the color that you get from that malt? Because I, I think it's a rad color. Malt. Yeah, yeah the oh. yeast is like white if yeast you look at it. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know if it would if it would cloud it up a little bit and kind of, you know, uh, interfere with tinge, the I don't know, yeah. Play with the light rays, yeah. You forget I'm really stupid. So <laughs> I'm asking this dumb question. <laughs> okay. Um I like the color. I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> this is beer, JP. It's beer. That's it's true. Orange, is it pretty, JP? Amber. Yes. Okay. It's pretty. Welcome back. <laughs> um, in the flavor, I thought it came through with a pretty, you know, a fa- fairly um, actually bold malt flavor with with kind of a toasty quality in there. But it's uh, it's hiding behind this kind of uh, fruity uh, orange and pineapple-y esters in there at a pretty, you know, kind of medium-high level. And there is there is some definite uh, serious yeast character going on there, maybe accented by the the yeast in suspension. But uh, the bitterness I found to be kind of medium, medium high, which was maybe a little intense there, but um, not too distracting. The um, has a kind of a medium low spicy hop hiding in there, but yeah, I got a little bit of a yeasty character, kind of like a almost like a meatiness in there uh, from the the yeast that's being kicked up in suspension. And that does kind of kick in the aftertaste, um, and more like lamb than pork. Yeah. <laughs> Mutton, <laughs> yes. Uh, kind of finishes medium dry, and it does it does kind of finish also with a little pithy kind of orange rindy kind of flavor in there. So there's a lot of fruits going on in here, mostly on the orange side of the spectrum, um, and you know, kind of citrusy things going on, not mm-hmm. from hops, but just from the the, the yeast. And um, yeah, it's it's an interesting. Flavor combination in there. There's nothing like really overtly bad coming through. It's just a little bit of maybe balance issue, like a little too, uh, a little too bitter. And um, but yeah, that yeast is kind of distracting. But otherwise, it's you know seems like a good recipe. Uh, body wise, it's like medium bodied with the medium low carbonation. That I thought it was a little bit flat in the bottle. Maybe uh, it's not. It kicked up a little bit of a head at first, but it, you feel in your mouth it's not super carbonated could be a bottle issue you never know um wasn't very creamy and smooth as some of these beers can be uh, i didn't get any astringency no obvious warmth in here definitely you don't want it to be hot you want it to be a refreshing you know uh thirst quenching fruity uh belgian beer with a little bit of spice in it um but it is a little mouth filling kind of maybe from the yeast too <laughs> we can just blame this yeast for everything <laughs> um but yeah, overall, I thought it was a you know, cleanly brewed Belgian pale ale with a lot going for it. Haze seems to hurt not just the appearance, but also, you know, the, um, the, the well, everything a little bit, the mouthfeel and the, the flavor. Uh, but it is pretty hazy. You definitely want this beer to be nice and clear. So you mm-hmm. can either filter it out or, or settle it out, uh, you know, keg it and fill bottles off of that. I mean... Uh, I, I used to bottle condition everything I did too, and that's that's just fine if you're going to be cellaring it in your personal space and uh, you know serving it for your friends there, and that's and not carrying it far distances. Uh, <laughs> but you know you could uh, do some different things to get the clarity up, and it'll also change the flavors too. I think this would be really nice with all, all that, that uh, yeast that got kicked up into suspension. But uh, just the bitterness was a little bit high. You need to drop that back a bit and bring mm-hmm. up the CO two a bit. 
I, I gave it a 30. I thought it was a pretty pleasant drinking beer. It's, it's in the very good category, you could say. And, um, yeah, I'd like to hear what Lee has to say about it, too. Me as well. Uh, and you're, you're not we gonna. don't care what JP yeah. says. No, nobody yeah. cares. <laughs> so, so, so one question for you. Are you. Well, actually, two questions for you. Are you drinking one of these right now? Do you have one in front of you? I have one right in front of me. Excellent. Is it nice and clear, or is it also hazy? Uh, it's a little hazy right now. Uh, uh, it needs some time, a little more time to clarify. So does this, this beer tend to have a chill haze to it? I think so. Okay. Hmm. So that okay. might be part of it. Okay. So Belgian Pale Ale, I mean, it, it's sort of a yeah, 5%-ish, usually some Munich or Vienna Pale Ale, kind of influenced a bit by the British tradition, you know, although the, the, the malt bill is almost a ger- more German-style tradition, although it's not really German per se. But um, they tend to have a little bit of that toasty character, that sort of mid-amber color. And hops tend to be fairly no, not prominent, but notable, you know, sort of continental or Styrians or British hops. Um, and I would say generally you're in that those parameters. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I agree with most of what Brian said. Um, for me, the one thing um, aside from the haze, and I mean, this definitely did seem to get shaken up a bit. So there's some a little bit of extra yeast bitterness and, and some flavors like that floating around. Um, the one thing for me, other than what Brian said, was I, I tend to think this beer, it's nice. I gave it a 31. I actually gave it a point more than he did. Oh, oh <laughs> I like you better. Uh, yeah. uh, well, well, just wait, though. Um, I think the fermentation characteristics in this beer are a bit too high. Um, it's got a pretty strong phenol and a very big ester profile to my nose. It's very sort of um, oranges, like Brian said, but peaches and bruised peaches, and it's 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 a lot of esters in here. I I kind of think this beer might be improved a bit with maybe a uh, l- with a throttle back ferment conditions, a little bit of lo- not healthy yeast, but a little bit lower ferment temperature. Uh, or something like that. Probably that would be the thing to do to try and decrease the ferment character. These these beers are not supposed to have a a big Belgian style ferment character. They can have some, but it shouldn't be you know like a, a triple or a strong golden where you've got a ton of phenols and esters floating around, and that's defining the beer. And for me, this beer is kind of like that. Um, I mean, I like the nice sort of toasty hints and the amber color from the you know whatever specialty malts you put in there. It does see it doesn't the balance seem strong. Seems like it doesn't seem like it's stronger than it should be. Really, it's just kind of it's in that maybe five to or so percent range. Yeah. What is what was the the uh, the final ABV on that's uh, five point three. Yeah, yeah so it's right in target. That's good. Yeah, um, it could almost use a bit more hop character to it in terms of aroma or really? flavor. You don't want a lot, but there's I'm getting almost none here. You're 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 thinking it's too much, huh? Uh, it, the hop the. Like I've done this recipe a few times, and I feel like I have the malt bill and the the yeast that I want, and it's the hop uh, the hop bill that I'm just kind of uh, playing around with a lot, and I'm trying to have trouble uh, nailing it down a little bit. Yeah, well, it doesn't want to be prominently hoppy, but it could no. probably use a little bit of spiciness in the nose and the flavor yeah. to balance it out. Um, but m- mostly, to my mind. Um, it needs to have its ferment character throttled back a bit. It's just intensely fermentation-focused to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very, very fruity and fairly phenolic. I mean, those were the first things I picked up in the nose and then in the flavor, too. And okay. they, they should be kind of secondary characteristics in the spear. And so the fruitiness is out of uh, it's out of style. I think the inten- the quality of it's not bad. The, the intensity of it, I th- to my mind, mm-hmm. is getting out of style. There's just too much of it. It okay. should not be... You know, the ferment character should be restrained in these beers. It's, it's not like some other Belgian beers. 
Okay. It's not like a Saison where you want to crank. Right. We want to crank that ferment. Tech, right, right. right. Okay. You don't want to ferment these at 90. Um, <laughs> um, and, and, you know, it's sort of a hybrid. I mean, the modern version of this style, I mean, for the guidelines anyways, it's sort of a hybrid between the Belgian and sort of the British traditions. You know, they, mm-hmm. they definitely had an influence there after mm-hmm. World War II, and it's it's kind of along sort, sort of the lines of a British pale ale, but with Belgian yeast and Belgian or, well, whatever sort of hops, they take them from all over. Um, but the ferment character should be a little more restrained in this. So that's, that's that's my two cents. I mean, other than that, I liked it. It'd be nice if it hadn't gotten so shaken up. Oh, um, stop uh, it. So, no, we're not going to stop it. It's too easy. Yeah. Um, JP left it in his suitcase right. all the way along his uh, right. his wedding it's adventures. True. Carry it to uh, all four points of the compass. Carry yeah. it to all four yeah. Disneyland. Did he bring it to Disneyland and go on all the roller coasters with it? Yeah. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Yeah. So what did you ferment at with this, uh, and what yeast did you use? All right, so the yeast I use uh, was the uh, 570 uh, White Labs uh, Belgian Golden Ale. Okay. And in terms of temperature control, that's kind of a little difficult for me. I put it into a a water bath, throw some uh, wet towels on it, and aim a fan at it and try to keep the water as close to 70 as I can. Uh, In terms of exact temperature control, it's kind of not an exact process for me, at least uh, when I brewed this at the end of August when it was like, 95 degrees outside yeah if, if you if you're in a system like that you might want to put brewing this one off till you know october november when you get a cool yeah. temperature that's going to drive a lot of those yeast characters out higher yeah yeah, yeah this one's definitely fruitier than the first time i brewed this thing which was last uh december and i agree with you guys that uh it's definitely a bit fruity in terms of the uh, yeast esters there yeah i mean the fruitiness like you said it is it is pleasant it's not harsh or crazy it's just yeah but mm-hmm. you could brew that saison in the summer and then do this one in the winter. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, you'll, you'll be all set. I mean, have you if you had a chance to get like a, a special palm or a deconic? Deconic rarely gets over here in any good shape. I've had a couple special palms that were okay. I, I, mean, I haven't had the, a palm in a long time. Yeah. You must be married. Actually, I am. I actually just got married in there August. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. No special fun, palms. Fun little coincidence. Cool. <laughs> we're we're going to have to edit jp here um yeah i mean try one of those they they tend to be compared to this definitely less fruity and phenolic like more malt focus a little bit of hop character to um, Mm them sort of no restrained spicy hop i I would shoot for sort of moving it in that direction fair enough my two cents yeah i think what i was kind of trying to go for was kind of like a balance between the malt the hops and the yeast and it's I agree with the with what you said about the yeast that I need to dial back on the fermentation temperature. And I think with the weather getting colder around here, that'll be easier. Um, it's just the, I guess in my opinion, the the hops that I'm trying to dial in there. Do you, do you feel you didn't get enough, or do you want more or less, or or what? I get, I want less bitterness, and I definitely shot way too high with the bitterness, especially the first time I tried it. Yeah. Um, first time I tried it, it was at 39 IBUs coming out uh, of the fermenter <laughs> i'm trying to dial it back to like i want to dial it back to 30 seems like some of that has aged out but over the last the last few months that it's been in there but yeah i think so too and it, when it first came out it was just it was too bitter for my liking and i'm, I'm trying to like toy with a hot bill because what yeah. i was i guess i was kind of aiming for was a sort of a, a belgian like pale ale but i also threw some american hops in there because i i like that kind of character and yeah. i thought it would complement the 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 beer yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, the bitterness still feel it feels like low thirties, like almost you know, like pale ale kind of a bitterness. 
mm-hmm. American Pale Ale, kind of a bitterness to it. Yeah, which is which is probably fine. It's, it's probably about yeah. what you want. Um, should should he back the bitterness down? Just, then? just shift some of the hops later, and and you know you can you can if you like the American hops, go ahead. But uh, you know maybe add some instead of the American hops, add some some more. Uh, noble hops, or, or yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. or Styrian uh, Aurora is a new one that's out that's pretty nice actually. Oh, hmm. Gotcha. Um, yeah, just a little bit of that, like At fifteen and five or zero or something minutes in the bowl. Of that he'll just perk it yeah, up a little just bit. a little bit, just enough to give it some character. Uh, well, well, I mean, do you guys uh, mind if I share with you my uh, my uh, my hop schedule there? No, please, please do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we want to hear it. Yeah. So, uh, right, I well the. The European variety of Saz and any European hops right now is kind of the alpha acids are kind of Love. not great right now. Mm-hmm. So I I use the U.S. variety of uh, Saz and that was at like six and a half percent alpha acids. Uh, so I only use a half an ounce of that at a sixty minute boil. Um, I did a first <laughs> wort of a Cascade for and it was a ninety minute boil total. Then I threw another half ounce of Cascade in at five minutes, and then at, for a thirty-minute whirlpool, I did an ounce of uh, Willamette. And oh. I, I, I'm not sure I was in, in love with uh, my choice of a uh, hmm. Willamette there. Seems like a weird, uh, a weird choice, no? Well, well I mean, from what I've heard, just the the Willamette kind of, uh, I've I've heard it like compliments Cascade, and that's kind mm-hmm. of what I was trying to aim for there, but right. I'm not. I'm not loving it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it wouldn't make for a terribly Belgian character either. Yeah, no. I mean, if you're if you're going Belgian pale, you would want to use those more European hops, right? And the more I'm listening to you guys, I'm wondering if I'm like misclassifying this beer altogether. Like, would it do better under a different category? American pale ale. It's, I'm kidding. <laughs> the, the East that's it's, there, it well, definitely has to be Belgian. It's somewhere. way too fruity and phenolic to be an American pale ale. Yeah, it, 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 it wouldn't do well there. Would it no, be like I, do I better under like spe- Belgian specialty or something like that? You could do like a, um, a, a a specialty beer with as an American pale ale brewed with uh, Belgian yeast or something. You know. <laughs> okay. Or I would just basically tweak this recipe the direction you want to go. Go back into a Belgian pale. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean, yes, some of the European hops are pretty low alpha. I mean, I, I was using some Herzbrockers at 1.5% alphas, but they're actually still can be very nice for flavor and aroma hops. You don't need the bittering hmm. for that. So, and they can give a very nice quality for the late hop additions still. So I, I wouldn't rule out using those because they're low alpha. You, you, okay. you don't want to boil with, you don't want to use them for your bittering hops probably. Yeah. Uh, you'll yeah. get a lot of leftover hot mass in the kettle with a 1.5 <laughs> alpha hop. Um, but, yeah, for flavor and aroma, they, those things can be fabulous. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, appreciate that. Thank you. Sure. <laughs> uh, any other questions for the guys? Um, No. I, I think that, that covered what I was going for there. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Yeah. Anything else you guys want to uh, tell Rich or ask no, you Rich could about it? Do it again. Yeah. Do it again. You could darken up that malt a little bit more too, and get it get a little more color in there. It's not going to hurt it. Hmm. But if you like it on the lighter side, you can definitely keep it there. It's right on the light end, and it's uh, it's nice. It's got a, you know. Well, I'm already um, looking at my uh, my malt bill. I'm trying to f- uh, figure out what I would add more of because I already have f- uh, five specialty malts in there. I don't. I'm, I'm worried about like muddling it up a little bit too much. Uh, so, yeah, um, what's your? Uh, would you mind running through your malt bill? Yeah, let's do this all staggered, I guess. Uh, yeah. So uh, I got eight pounds of a uh, pilsner, uh, Belgian pilsner, and then a pound and a quarter of a uh, Caribbean. Then twelve ounces of uh, uh, biscuit, 
uh, 12 ounces of uh, flaked oats, uh, 8 ounces melanoid. Yeah. In what size batch? Five, uh, five and a half gallons. Five and a half gallons. You just push up that caravan a little bit and maybe even you know drive your boil a little bit harder and darken it up a little bit too. I don't know. But yeah. I don't know how that hard would, you drive that your boil typically. Le- that wouldn't make my final gravity too high, you think? Well, I mean, you could pull back the base malt while you're doing that. You know, pull pull the base mm-hmm. back just a little bit. Or and, start with more water. Yeah. <laughs> make it more dilute. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could probably... I'm not sure what role the oats oats was it. Yeah, yeah, flaked yeah. oats. I'm not sure if that's needed in the beer like this or not. I mean, it's it's an interesting thing to add in, but I'm well, not sure. I tried it actually the second time I tried this beer without flaked oats. It was just really thin bodied, and I I felt like that they added a little bit something, so I decided to throw them back in. Okay, well, you can certainly do it. Yeah. Okay. yeah, a little more caravan will darken it up. No. What, what about okay. the, what about that biscuit malt? Twelve ounces of biscuit does that do anything really to, for for his beer with the oats? Uh, it might bring up the the malt flavor some. Yeah, that's what that stuff's all about. But um, I think it's fine where it is. It, it's, yeah. it, if it works, it's great. If not, I mean, it's kind of optional. Certainly not the traditional recipe. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, traditional is probably just a blend of pills malt and either you know Vienna or Munich. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and or um so the other stuff is, is sort of optional tweaking for your own particular taste i think right yeah, i mean you could if you like what the oats are doing you could consider dropping the biscuit the next time and 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 use more of the vienna instead of that yeah what are you mashing at for temperature mash temp uh 151 yeah you could raise it up a couple degrees if you need a little more body too. do like do like like 153 154 yeah yeah just okay. make sure your ferment really finishes out don't leave too much sweetness behind yeah, I'm, I'm always making sure I'm rocking the carboy back and forth. Mm-hmm. Are you, you're using uh, Belgian uh, base malt? Um, yes, I am. Yeah. yeah, it seems like the ingredients are pretty <clears throat> pretty authentic, even though, yeah, you got some interesting stuff in there, and it's a lot a lot going on. <laughs> For, like, how light the color was, it did, it did drive a pretty good malt flavor still. So uh, it achieved a pretty pretty tasty beer. Awesome. Thank you. All right, Rich. Thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, guys. I appreciate it a lot. All right, man. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks Cheers. For Cheers. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Cool. All right. Well, that's cool. What do you say? Brewing for a couple of years? Not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad. Keep it going. Uh, all right. We're going to take a break, and then when we come back, we're going to hopefully talk with Cody, and he has that uh, the gum rubber band Black Sour that I'm kind of interested to, uh, to try, man. Should be a good time. It's Dr. Homebrew, everyone. Back after this. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. 
More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. That's it. I've had it. I am never putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a home brew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special Secret Elite Bare Bones Club, where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy shit! NicoBrew.com. N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W. Nico Brew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. Beer tasting games that train your palate, a brewery locator, and the brand new interactive beer style guide. These are just a few of the awesome things you'll find on craftbeer.com. The style guide is a beautiful example of technology in beer. Browse beer style families or turn on the automatic beer style finder and explore beer through color, bitterness, ABV, aroma, and flavor. It's really the coolest way to explore every beer style besides having them all in front of you. Go to craft craftbeer.com and click on beer styles to start the guide plus enjoy the rest of craftbeer.com the brewers banter blogs beer education how to host a beer tasting and the invaluable draft quality manual tons of great content that makes your beer better visit the new craftbeer.com right now and explore the website that brings you all the passion camaraderie and creativity of the craft beer community craftbeer.com celebrating the best of american beer Examination. All right, welcome back, everyone. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, unfortunately, Cody was unable to make it for the show tonight, which is uh, too bad. I'm not hearing from him, so uh, which is probably my fault because I'm pretty stupid. And uh, but we're gonna try his beer anyway, and uh, you know he really wants feedback uh, on. The, you know why I love the show is because uh, our listeners are rad, man, and and they just send us a bunch of extra beer. And uh, Cody sent us three seven uh, fifties of sour, and he's like, I really want feedback on this one. Uh, and you guys can just take the other ones, and if you want to give me feedback on it, that'd be great. So we might talk to Cody at a future date. We'll maybe we'll just save one of those. I would like to. I would like to have him on for something else because he's a good dude and he sent us a bunch of beers and, um, you know, 
like Seems that. Like he likes to experiment too. There, there's some yeah. interesting uh, recipes and interesting concepts on the beers. So they're concept beers. Yes, concept it's a concept beers. album. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, I thought I had. Uh, I thought I had more details on his uh, black sour, but uh, yeah, 80% black ale with Rosalaire strain, which is uh, Y yeast. Cody, and then, how did you brew uh, this beer? Cody? 20% barrel aged light American sour. So the kid clearly is doing some sours, multiple batches of sours. So, um, <clears throat> and blending. And blending. And blending. Um, Lee, why don't you uh, take point on this one? Huh? All right. This was entered as a Belgian specialty, which means it could be pretty much anything. <laughs> So aroma for this style. For me, I got, and I still get, <coughs> slight cough. Sorry. Excuse me. Um, mushrooms, kind of a musty mushroom aroma. Um, some acidity. And the nose, I'm getting a little bit more acetic than lactic. Um, some Just a touch of some woolly kind of Brett character. Some uh, aromas of like dead dried leaves. Um, no hops at all. A little hint of coca in there. Some chocolate. Uh, some dried black bread and figs. It's kind of a very low-key, dark, kind of interesting aroma, though. A lot on the mushrooms, which was interesting. Uh, appearance is deep brown, black with pretty good clarity. Pours a low foam, which fades almost immediately to a very low bead, light tan color. Um, flavor, medium to low sourness. It's not that intense a sour beer. Um, in the flavor, it comes across to me a little bit more lactic than acetic rather than the other way around in the nose. Um, flavors, again, a mushroom, Amontillado sherry, which I think is probably an oxidation character. Uh-huh. Um, very interesting oxidation character. You don't get that very often. Some chocolate aroma uh, flavors, a low, a little bit of kind of a woody note, not very much. No hops are coming through. IBUs, very low, just enough to support pretty much what you want in a sour like this. Balance, I would say the malt's fairly even with the sour. Uh, neither are that strong or intense. It's, it's kind of a nice ba- balance, actually. Finishes dry with some lingering uh, malt, the malt flavor, as described above, and the oxidation of the sour. Um, it's pretty pretty clean in terms of any off-fermentation characters. No, no diacyl or DMS, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, mouthfeel? Medium to medium low body. Um, I said medium. I'd say actually kind of low carbonation. Hmm. It's not hot or alcoholic or solventy to my palate. Not creamy at all. Slightly drying in the finish, probably from the sour and maybe from any wood character that might be in there too. Yeah. It's not really astringent. Actually, it might be a little bit astringent. I think so. Definitely on the um, end, yeah. It, it's not like a Whopper, um, but there's a little bit of a like a character in there. Hamburger? Like a hamburger? Yeah, like a Whopper oh. hamburger? Well, you know, if you like. Okay, I do. It's, it's like a Whopper with dried black tea on top to make it astringent. Ooh, How's that? I like that. I Do you? No. No, okay. I wouldn't either. Um, it's, it's, well, it's an interesting beer. I like it a lot, actually. It's a very engaging zebra of a beer, this oddball blend of, um, of two different sours. Um, I would describe it. For me, and this is probably a fairly personal description, I mean as being pleasantly oxidized within an inch of its life. Um, some people may differ. And for me, this is that kind of mushroomy Amontillado sherry kind of character. It's an, it's an oxidation character. It's, for me, I find it to be fairly strong in this beer. What is Amontillado sherry? Is that a brand? It's a, 
It's a variety of sherry. Okay. Remember Edgar Allan Poe, the cask of Amontillado? You know, it's very special stuff. It tends to have this kind of mushroomy oxidation character to it. Okay. This is why I'm referring out to that. Yes. Okay. Um, well, I got that now. I just didn't yeah. know. I yeah. never heard the reference before. I'm not as cultured as you don't, some in the room. You're, you're not very good with four-syllable words. I'm not, no, I'm, it's very, very hard. And this is a five-cylinder. So, 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 so oh, five, yeah, yes. four and above. It has five. It's easy for you to say. Oh, right. I, no. I, I thought you were saying <laughs> it's a uh, Montiato. Uh, Montiato, yeah. Um, but other than that, so, I mean, I think that oxidation character is going to be very much to different people's tastes as to whether they like it or not. And that's probably going to determine. I could see yes. people giving this beer scores from the mid-20s up to the upper 30s, low 40s, yeah. depending on whether they like that. Um, other than that, it's a nice restrained balance. It's not too sour, but it's sour enough. It's very interesting, even though it's not the most complex malt character, but it's an interesting beer. Um, it's well-balanced. It's very enjoyable. Um, I actually kind of thought it was pretty nice. I gave it a 34. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought mostly because I thought the oxidation was a little bit on the intense side, and it's got a little bit of that astringency in the finish. Yeah, um, I'll give you the astringency for sure, and, and and that is definitely taking away from the other pleasant flavors. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, there it, it is very complex and very layered, um, which usually you know dark sour beers kind of don't work like black like black. You know, you get the the red sours yeah. and maybe a little bit so, darker. So the but. thing that's good here is it doesn't have a lot of ashy roast character. Right, which that's is what probably that 20% blend of the light American to yeah. kind of counter that stuff. Well, and, and who knows? I mean, we, we can't ask today no. what he put in here. But I would guess there's I – would, I would predict – Based on flavor, although you never really can because you don't know. Yeah. That probably he doesn't have a lot of the ashier, darker kind of dark malts in here. I could mm-hmm. be totally wrong, but they're mm-hmm. not coming through. Um, I mean, for me, there's a lot of interesting stuff floating around here, but the dominant thing is that sort of oxidation character. Yeah. Yeah. With the sherry. Yes. And Brian may have a totally different opinion. We'll find Brian? out. Brian? Momentarily. We that's, shall find out. That's correct. Brian, your moment's on. I think that, that we... Doth make a bit too much of the mushroomy quality. Um, uh, I like this because I like mushrooms so much. Brian. Mushrooms are interesting. Yes. Um, so the the beer to me, I agree with a lot of what Lee said actually, and it, it is nicely balanced uh, overall. Uh, in the aroma, I got a little kind of a smoky note from like the kind of medium light smoky note from the roasty malts. I thought, and when I got into the flavor, it wasn't you know smoky tasting or anything like that. It wasn't a smoked beer. But it had it had a little hint of the, some of the roast left in it, which is a point I wanted to make about this beer, which is it's it's also not soured to within an inch of its life. It is um, no, it is not. It's not too intensely sour. It's just at a really nice level for sourness, and that's one of the things about balancing and and blending your beer. Sometimes if you have one that didn't didn't sour quite enough, and another one that's uh, you know way over over sour. You blend a little bit of that one in with the one that didn't, and it brings it right to the right place. So sometimes that's what the art of blending is about. Just like do a you know a little teaspoon test with a couple different beers. Like okay, eight parts of this, two parts of that. Here we go. It works now. All right, let's bottle it. <laughs> um, you know there was um, it had a rich kind of cherry like ester in there, uh, and had a light kind of a sweet tart like character i get a little bit of that mushroomy character that Lee's talking about a little kind of cellar like uh dank not uh you know uh, uh, uh musky musty quality to it uh but yeah it's um 
you know, it's it's kind of hiding behind all the other stuff that's going on here to me. You, you definitely get that clean sourness, uh, mostly lactic. There is, as it warmed up too in my glass, I I I, I sniffed the the warm glass that I had sitting here for a few minutes, and the acetic came through a little bit more there. So there's definitely mm-hmm. some, you know, there's a blend of acids in here. Um, didn't seem to be too high on the barnyardy character, and that I think could ruin the spirit too, and just dry it out way too much. There's maybe a little leathery quality to it. Um, overall, in the, the aroma, I, I spent a long time on it. It was nice and inviting and complex. Uh, color-wise, it's a rich, deep brown color. Uh, you know, again, it faded. Uh, the head faded pretty quickly. There's a little kind of ring of finer bubbles ringing the glass. Collar there, kind of. Uh, it just, yeah, faded real quick. But sometimes sour beers do that. It'll just drop. Uh, but yeah, and the flavor, some of the things I liked has nice, rich cherry-like flavors. Um, a little bit kind of red wine-like in a way, but it also has that moderate darker malt flavor in there. It's not, it's just, it's not rich and roasty in the flavor. It's just smooth and 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 dark and uh, you know tasty, balanced uh, with everything else that's going on there. And again, sourness level is just moderate, not not heavy, not teeth meltingly sour. It doesn't, yeah. No, but there's the that. Off. that uh, there's a quite a bit of acid, though. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah not, but it's but, not to the point. Yeah. But there's that difference. So what is it? Yeah, I always try to make the distinction between sour and tart. Right. Because to me, they're they're different. And so for, for me, this would be more tart than sour. Yeah, if you want to describe it that way, a tart I, beer would be yeah. something that still has that impression of sweetness, and a sour beer just being like twist your face out. You know, yeah. Is that it? Is that it? Would that be incorrect, Lee? Do you think? I, I don't know. I okay. think that's it's a highly personal choice. I might characterize it as being lightly sour. It seems yeah. a little more obviously sour than just the beer was the pH was a touch too low, which is usually what I think of as a tart beer myself. But okay. I, I wouldn't say you're wrong on that. It's just, okay. I'm not sure I'd have the same set point. Yeah. Uh, I think Brian's comment about it being very red wine-like is very good, though, because mm-hmm. it's got a little bit of that acidity. It's got that astringency. And getting to the um, mouthfeel, also yeah. the, the the that light tannin that you're getting, yeah. you know, the little astringency in there is it's it's a little tannic, and that gives a nice balance to everything else that's there. And it could just be the residual edges of of something from the dark malts that's staying in there, that hasn't aged out, and it's not you know, yeah, it's still kind of hanging in there, keeping the, the balance too. right, or, or from the wood, yeah, or both, obviously, yeah, yeah tannin, tannins, of course, yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I liked the balance of it. It has kind of a fruit bowl like impression at the end. There's a lot of Ooh, you know, plum, prune, bowl. orange, mango. There's a lot of different fruit, fruit flavors mm-hmm. mixed in there, and it's pretty cool. That there's, uh, it's not harsh. It's nice, smooth, and rich with everything, everything there. So, is that something uh, inherent to the yeast, or is that something inherent when you put sour bugs I into the, dark, into with with dark malts like that? With it those comes compounds. from the malt, yeah. Yeah, it's the uh, um, the malt character as it's you know the um, the bugs and everything are eating some of the flavor components in there and leaving others, and what they tend to leave are that you know those those fruit like flavors stay behind and then the the sourness gives the impression of a of a fruit that it that it might already resemble. I mean, if you have you know a Munich malt has a little bit of a cherry like kind of flavor to it. You, mm. you sour that, it's gonna it's gonna taste like a tart cherry, you know. Okay. So huh. it, it just it just changes with the with the sourness. Anyway, but yeah, mm. um, so I talked about the mouthfeel a little bit. I agree pretty much with what Lee said. It was it uh, it, it didn't uh, the carbonation was kind of medium low in there. You could 
maybe make it a little spritz here, but it was like the carbonation was also creeping up in the neck here when we opened the bottle. So I don't know. It, it, there's there's something going on in the bottle still. I think that's mm. or else it. Well, we did bring it here today, so it could be just rousing up whatever's in the bottom and and kind of making it get a little happy in there. But uh, <laughs> yeah, nice nice specialty sour. I really liked yeah. it. Trust the line. Uh, you know, maintaining some of that black black ale character that's in there, uh, but not roasted or burnt or too smoky or anything, while still offering plenty of the clean sourness that you want in a nice blended sour beer, bar- you know, barrel-aged <laughs> sour, and not too, dry- too dried out, washed out. A lot of the nice flavors are still in there. And um, yeah, it would be interesting to taste it with even a little more of the black ale blended in. I don't oh, know. Yeah. You know, it would be, it's not offensive, it's not sharp, and... and I'm not sure we could ask Cody which which of the beers was more more or less sour. Maybe he's, you know, using that uh, the light American sour to give it the tartness, or maybe the black sour is already pretty tart. I'm not sure, but we um, don't know. It we came out know. pretty good. I'd like to yeah, would like to be present nice, at the blending session for that it's, one. It's and a nice blend. Yeah, taste the different ones that he that he tried. <laughs> it's a touch subtle, a very nice lighter bodied blend. It's a, it's actually a very interesting beer. It I is. Like it. Yeah. Normally, I don't like. Dark sour beers because they have those weird qualities. Um, Dark and roasty, ashy, yes. and especially if you start getting into stronger sour, do not always play well together. Right, and I think that that's probably why he put that twenty percent light sour back in to kind of well, crush some of those yeah, and odd flavors. That, but you get that fruit bowl, like like Brian yeah, was yeah. saying. And it's not that dark. I mean, it's brown. It's not yes. like a imperial it's dark stout. Bra- right. It's not. Yes, so, exactly. There's not that much ash. That your 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 ideas on the. The malt, the fruit, I mean, the fruit flavors coming from the malter, I mean, it's kind of a, a new take for me. I mean, I do definitely have seen a lot of fruit flavors coming out of malt, especially, you know, the, the cherry in the Munich and, you know, every stout or dark beer so always seems to have figs and dates for mm-hmm. yeah. fruits aromas. But you your, your idea that basically the, the, the sour beer that ferments is sort of releasing those is an interesting idea. Opening them up, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, it could also be from yeast and the and bugs picking mm-hmm. out different flavor components. They're they're doing a lot of things in there, but uh, yeah. Right? Have you seen uh, that? In that's a lot the of your guys sour on the beers? sour hour. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I know you've done a lot of sours. Have you seen that sort of thing where it seems like the ferments releasing more of the malt esters? Yeah. If you have a, a malt that's a really you know a, a sweet malty rich beer roasty or something, and then you sour it, it does it takes that that roasty edge off a little bit. It pulls, you know, I, I'm not sure which components it's eating. You know, if the um, if the bugs are eating some of the uh, the burnt components, which which would be kind of a volatile thing, um, and and might be one of the first things to go. Just thinking about it chemically, you know, they're not very stable compounds. Are created in roasting the malt and and burning the outside of the malt, basically, or whatever. You know, not, not controlled burn. You know, but yeah, <laughs> that's going to be some volatile stuff that. Um, might be easier for a uh i'm not a bacterium so i don't know what what i what do i want to eat first give me some of that dark burnt stuff yeah yeah maybe depends which bacterium you are (laughs) this is crazy bacterium i gave the beer a 39 i really enjoyed it and i thought it was nicely balanced so good job cody Mm -hmm. thank you for sharing it with us and uh that's awesome wish we could have you on with us but yeah Yeah. thank you and i gave it a 34 and actually i could probably go a few points higher than that I think it's, it's, a, it's a nice beer. You could sip a yeah. lot of this after, uh, yeah, a night of sipping some other stuff. Yeah, for sure. Well, Cody, sorry, man. Uh, like I said, I'll take, I take the blame. It's probably my fault somehow. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll save one of the other beers, and we'll get you on, and we'll talk about that, too, because, uh, you know, you're clearly doing some, some uh, pushing some weight 
with the sour beer stuff. So it'd be interesting to talk to you and see what uh, what you're doing. Uh, let's take yeah. a break real fast, and then when we come back. We're going to do our uh, uh, the uh, the ceremonial awarding wow. of the prizes, and then we're going to get out of here. It's Doctor Homebrew, everyone. Stay tuned. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five star treatment today high gravity home brewing supplies wants you to keep it simple brewing should be fun and with high gravity's amazing electric brewing systems it is high gravity keeps their brewing systems simple on purpose more efficient than gas customizable and with your choice of one two or three vessels high gravity's electric brewing systems will completely change the way you brew beer formulate recipes and improve your beer's consistency dave at high gravity can customize your system to fit your needs high gravity invites you to visit their build your own brewery page and see how easy it can be to brew electric and high gravity offers 7.99 flat rate shipping on most of their products www.highgravitybrew.com high gravity keep it electric keep it simple visit highgravitybrew.com admit it Homebrewing is not always free of frustrations. Years ago, brothers Bill and Jim Mitchell decided to minimize those frustrations and create an entirely new brewing process and a brand new kitchen appliance, the Pico Brew Zymatic. The Zymatic sits on your kitchen counter and connects to the internet via Wi-Fi. It comes with access to a huge recipe library full of award-winning beers and can brew your next batch at the push of a button, improve repeatability, and refine your recipes. With the Pico Brew Zymatic. With minimal cleaning and hassle, the Zymatic enables anyone to brew craft beer in the comfort of their own kitchen. Just add your ingredients, and the process of homebrewing becomes simplified and automatic, allowing you to focus on what really matters while you brew. At Pico Brew, they believe everyone should be able to enjoy the art of homebrewing and make their own damn good craft beer. See the Zymatic in action today at PicoBrew.com. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. All right. Thanks for sticking with us, everybody. Uh, okay. So it's time for the awards, man. And uh, awards. what awards they are. So our, our other lovely sponsors, uh, in addition to Five Star, and uh, by the way, before we move on from that, uh, Cody and uh, Richard will both be getting a prize pack from Five Star, which I believe is like a one-pound PBW and uh, Star Sand and some stuff. So 
Uh, yeah. They treat us right here. So uh, yeah, those nice the pound jugs of that the the PBW is nice to have around. Uh, yeah, I like them. I think they're I think they're pretty yeah. fun. So definitely drop them a line, man. If you've uh, you know if you're into uh, Doctor Homebrew or into free stuff at all, let them know uh, how much it means to you because it means a lot to us. We really appreciate it. Um, but our other two fine sponsors. Excuse me, uh, Grog Tag and High Gravity Homebrewing and Winemaking Supplies. Uh, they are our two sponsors um, for the highest score and the lowest score. Uh, just something fun we do because, hey, look, we're judging your beer anyway. You're going to get a score whether we, you know, we, we grade it or not. So you and, might as well win something for it. you're fantastic, so you'll win something. Exactly, yes. exactly. Right. It's very modern. So the uh, the high gravity uh, the um, excuse me the um, certificate from high gravity you can go to highgravitybrew.com and check out what they have they have uh, a bunch of different electric brewing setups and and you know obviously regular stuff too and um, you know a bunch of ingredients and equipment and everything they're 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 full service anything you need uh, they have even it. sell you a chicken in a sweater apparently <laughs> that is their mascot Pippin that is not a chicken in a sweater that looks like a cockatoo okay but. You know, the screen is tilted different ways, and it's a whole thing for you. It's a whole thing. I guess. <laughs> I'll sell you a cockatoo and a sweater. Uh, yeah, it's pretty. Wow, I'm actually on their site. It's it's pretty cool. They have 7.99 flat rate shipping on most items. That's pretty good, man. And then they have the bird drinking a <laughs> drinking a beer. <laughs> you can't really see it from where you guys are, but and it yeah. looks like a chicken. It's from pretty my cute. Angle. <laughs> well, you're looking behind a monitor. You don't even you don't even see the monitor. What do you know? Oh. Your monitor is a chicken. <laughs> um, anyway, so the the award for highgravitybrew.com goes to the brewer with the highest score, and that is Cody, right? Cody. Cody. Cody Good job, Cody. Score. So I will uh, send your information to Desiree over there, and you can check out uh, all the cool stuff you can snag from High Gravity. I'm on the mobile Home version Brewing. of High Gravity. It has some a special chicken. I like yeah. it when uh, when uh, sites have a, yeah. a, a proper mobile. Google's kind of making you do that these days, I don't Oh really? It puts you lower in the search results, I think, if uh, your site isn't optimized. It's still nice. Mobile. Oh wow! For Christmas, they have their uh, they put little horn. Anyway, check it. Out. Check yeah. out the site. It's pretty cool. It's amusing. I like how they have I a like mascot. It. I think it's cute. Um, and so that means the winner of the Grog Tag forty dollar at least your beer will look good gift certificate goes to Rich That'd for the rich. Belgian Pale. His beer look, looks good and it tastes good too. So uh, Rich, you can go check out uh, if you haven't already. I'm sure you have uh, Grog Tag. Dot com customizable reusable labels for your beers wines they also do coasters metal signs all sorts of fun stuff over there check them out grogtag.com let me make a note of that okay um i think we're out of here right that's yeah, it yeah i think we have finished our biz that's it we're done uh, before we scram though i just want you guys to uh remember to check out our other fine programs we have we have uh, on here on the bring network there's other um, programs there's other programs really? not that you would know no um because you know this is really the only program you should listen to but we have the session uh you know we have uh the it's jamil show gravity beer it is about low okay. i wish it was i would i would enjoy my time on it more I'm <laughs> um, just kidding, of course, for you to listen. No. Um, uh, then we have the Jamil shows. He has a couple shows out there floating around. We have the Sour Hour, of course, with Jay Goodwin from the Rare Barrel. So if you're into sour beers, check that program out. We'll have to ask him about malt esters. I think that'd be good. You know what? Uh, uh, we could. Next good. When we have Cody on, maybe I'll, maybe I'll uh, blow a call on the old Jay right. there and see, yeah, what, uh, see what he says. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so, so so check out the rest of the programming here on the, the Bring Network. Don't forget the lunch meat. There's always the lunch meat. Stop. There's no more lunch meat. You're you're pouring salt into an old wound. Oh, no. Get out of here, Brian. Oh, um, the rest of you, you can stay around. All right, it's been Dr. Homer, everyone. It's been a lot of fun, and uh, we'll catch you guys later. See you.